Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Last Sunday, we spoke with Premier Brad Wall of Saskatchewan. And I've made it no secret that the Premier would be my choice to be Prime Minister of Canada. He just, to me, embodies the person who should be leading this country. So we covered a lot of territory, including the carbon tax that the Prime Minister of Canada has decided we're all going to be experiencing. And you remember when the Environment Minister federally, Mr. Trudeau's Environment Minister, was meeting with provincial Environment Ministers, and they were trying to come up with an agreement or some sort of, here's the word again, consensus, that they could stand up and deliver to Canadians, here's where we're going, here's the plan, here's the moving forward, that uh, the triptych that we have for the environment and the carbon tax was going to be part of that. And then the Prime Minister suddenly stood up in Parliament and uh, blindsiding his environment minister, blindsiding all the provincial environment ministers, stood up and made his announcement that there was going to be a federal carbon tax, and if the provinces and territories didn't uh, satisfy him with what they would have in place, that the federal government would just circumvent them. So I spoke with Premier Wall about this, and I want you to have a listen, because we'll open up the phone lines for a period of time for you to to react to this. I spoke with Premier Wall about the Prime Minister's carbon tax, and the Premier started by telling us about a phone call conversation he had with the Prime Minister of Canada. Have a listen. I had a chance for to talk to the Prime Minister the day after the surprise announcement, and it was disappointing. Uh, uh, Prime Minister has, has, has uh, committed himself to a collaborative approach to federalism, and I, I don't think it gets less collaborative than standing up while the Environment Ministers are meeting in Montreal, standing up in the House of Commons and unilaterally announcing the plan that ostensibly ministers of the environment were supposed to be working on. But I talked to him the next day and I asked him another question. I said, "Where, surely before you stood up to announce a transformational change to how we tax the economy, that's what this is. This is a huge change. Surely there must be a federal full-blown economic impact assessment so that the federal government can look Canadians in the eyes and say, yes, we're doing this in the name of 1.6% of global emissions and here's what it might mean to your job. The bottom line is they don't have one. They haven't done one. There's some some reports the working groups, the provincial federal working groups have, and that's the one uh, you quoted off the top of the show that talks about carbon leakage where investment might move to non-carbon taxing jurisdictions like the U.S. But there's not an economic impact assessment. And I said in the speech this week, I said, you know, in our province, if you're going to affect two garter snakes and a frog by moving a culvert, we need an economic impact assessment or an environmental impact assessment. Surely there is an economic impact assessment on this transformational tax change, and there isn't. So I'm worried about the due diligence that has or has not gone into this. Uh, We can't, the Prime Minister can't tell farmers, people in the oil industry, miners, people in manufacturing, what it's going to do, forestry, what it might do to their jobs. I think that's, that's, I think that's the very least a government better be able to do when they ask them to take a, uh, to take steps in terms of in, any environmental plan. Particularly during an economics uncertain time like today, which the finance minister 
agrees is is fact. There was a poll that asked Canadians if they'd support a national carbon tax directed toward creating a green energy if a new pipeline were simultaneously built to deliver Canada's oil and gas to international markets. Premier, I don't understand why the two have to be linked. Build the pipelines because we need to get our oil and gas to international markets. It's for the economic benefit of all Canadians. And discuss the carbon tax separately. Why do they have to be linked? Roy, I could not agree with you more. This is very frustrating that it's almost become de rigueur in this country to link the two and say, well, you know, I guess it's this notion of social license, which everyone has a different definition for. But the fact that you can sort of link these two, that it's a quid pro quo. Look, Western Canada, if you'll self-immolate with a tax on the industries that actually drive your economies, yeah, then maybe some other region of the country or the federal government might approve your pipeline. Imagine if we did apply the test to cars being shipped out of southern Ontario across the country. If we asked to measure their greenhouse gas footprint of the cars when they're being manufactured and the life of those cars when they're being driven around, and and then maybe if the greenhouse gas emissions of that process and those cars uh, were low enough and they met some sort of test, maybe we would allow them on the train, on on the railroad uh, through the rest of the country. Imagine if we did the same thing to chemicals that are produced off well, in Ontario or anywhere else, or cement from Quebec. Uh, those that are involved in the steel industry in Quebec do a lot of business in Saskatchewan. Imagine if we said, you know, we, we've checked it out, and your steel plants, their emissions are a little high, and so if you would just hit this level, if you would just reduce them to this, then maybe you could continue to do business. But if you don't, we're not buying any more of your steel. That's, it's, not a, it's not a country then, Roy. It's just not a country. It's a series of, of regions that have to where you have to meet some sort of feudal test before your product can move across the country, either from another, perhaps from another subnational, or in this case, from the federal government. And I, I categorically reject that. That's, that's, not, that's not a country to me. That's not yeah. how Canada or any other federation should work. You can hear the frustration in Premier Wall's voice. It's just not a country. It's just not a country when it works that way. When the Prime Minister announces a national carbon tax without there being an economic impact assessment. It's a transformational tax. It's going to affect each and every one of us. But there's no economic impact assessment. And the words that really caught my attention was when Brad Wall, the Premier of Saskatchewan, said, it's just not a country. When you make announcements like that, it isn't. It really is not, and it's very disturbing. And my number is 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Do you find it, and perhaps it's just me, but do you find it disturbing that the Prime Minister of Canada, who's in Europe today signing the uh, free trade agreement between the European Union and Canada, Do you find it disturbing that the Prime Minister would stand up and announce a national carbon tax and have no economic impact assessment? Nothing that tells us what, in fact, this carbon tax is going to be doing to our economy, more than likely. No study that says it's an up or it's a down or it's a sideways move. Nothing. We do know that Australia repealed its carbon tax in 2014. And looking at the Australian government website, here's what they write. 
Abolishing the carbon tax will lower costs for Australian businesses and ease the cost of living pressures for households. So the Australians tried it and it didn't work. So they repealed it. Canada's going into one and we have no economic impact assessment. And when the Premier of Saskatchewan says, in the manner that it was done, in the manner in which the Prime Minister intends to bring it forward, it's just not a country. That makes me think of Justin Trudeau telling the New York Times that what? There's no core identity in in this country. That Canada doesn't have a core identity. That it's the first post-national state. All of these things come together in a very uncomfortable way for me. Maybe for you as well. 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Do you support... The national carbon tax, declared by Justin Trudeau, with no economic impact assessment. We don't know what it's going to do. There's no prediction. There's nothing that's been, no study's been done to give us a sense of what impact it's going to have on this country of ours. But in the manner in which it's being brought forward, the Premier of Saskatchewan says, it's just not a country. And he's correct. He's absolutely right. This isn't the way you deliver transformational change. 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Green Show Chorus Radio Network. I have to ask you, again, do we have a core identity? And what is it? I'm just disturbed by these things. And I went back and I listened to the interview with Premier Wall. I listened to it three times. And then I said, here's what I'd like to play back on Sunday. And they put it together for me. And we didn't do any editing. We just took part of the, one part of the interview and we played it back for you. So, your calls when we come back. What you heard from Premier Wall. What you know about the Prime Minister's intent. And we know there's no economic impact assessment. Oh, we do know that there are protests for the pipelines at the National Energy Board meetings in Montreal. There was a protest. 99 individuals were arrested in Ottawa earlier in the week. There was violence in North Dakota when it came to pipelines just a couple of days ago, I think on Wednesday. But when the, the Saudi oil is removed from, pumped off the tankers in Montreal, there is absolutely no protest. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Do you agree with Premier Wall? Do you have concerns? Let's hear your thoughts. Uh, At Fairway Gal, I definitely do not support a carbon tax. Our economy is too fragile and job growth is weak. And uh, L.W. Schultz, 01, at the Roy Green Show, everything this prime minister does disturbs me. Well, there certainly have been moments. Let's go to your calls. At AAA-225-8255-416-870-6400. The Prime Minister telling us there's going to be a carbon tax, but there's no economic assessment, impact assessment done. Nothing. Nothing. He did promise hundreds of thousands of exciting new green energy jobs. But for the life of me, I don't know how you promise hundreds of thousands of exciting new green energy jobs when you haven't done an economic impact assessment. Daniel's in Toronto. Hey, Daniel, thank you for the call, sir. Hi, Roy. Um, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, yes. I'm very concerned about this. I mean, I think it's very irresponsible of our government to do this without um, an economic impact or seeing what the, you know, what the consequences could be because 
this is going to affect mostly the poor people because those are the people that live in the northern part of our country, and they're the ones who need in the winter to burn more carbon and uh, use that those resources. And I think it's very irresponsible of our government to do that. If you haven't planned for it, what are you doing determining it's going to happen? Plus, at the same time, Daniel, his federal minister of the environment and the provincial minister's we're meeting to discuss what was going to be happening, and he blindsided them. Thank you for the call. Kurt is in Alberta. Kurt, thank you, sir. Go ahead, please. Hey, Roy, thanks for taking my call. I totally agree with Brad Ball here. <clears throat> he hit the nail on the head, and there's absolutely no need for a carbon t- tax. And, like, what, what are they thinking? Like, uh, where is this going to get us down the road? Well, I don't know, because there's no economic impact assessment. I spoke yesterday, I don't know if you heard it, I spoke yesterday, some of you did, some of you didn't, with Patrick Brown, the Progressive Conservative Party leader in Ontario, and he's in favor of a tax neutral, uh, or a, a carbon tax, or a neutral carbon tax. But also, he, Mr. Brown didn't have uh, an economic impact assessment to speak to. If you're going to make this kind of the word is transformational change. You better have a plan in place that people can understand. And when I heard, um, Kurt, when I heard uh, Premier Wall say that this is not a country in the manner that it's been decided on, that really caught my attention. Yeah, and what really gets me is, I mean, it's just another tax, and now is not the time to be doing it. I mean, we're in dire straits. I mean, even in Alberta here, and and uh, are not the government saying thing. They're trying to ram their own carbon tax through on top of uh, the federal one. And Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Paul is in Mississauga, Ontario. Paul, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, uh, you know, Canada produces 1.65% uh, of the world's uh, carbon. So if they really want to cut carbon, why not bring jobs back from, uh, from China where uh, those ships would spew tons of carbon and all those goods are made with coal burning electricity. I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. I want an answer. I want an answer from the Prime Minister of this country. I want to know what this carbon tax will mean to you and mean to me and mean to each and every one of us. And we don't have that answer. We don't even have an assessment of what it's likely to impose and how it's likely to impact You'll hear Bjorn Lomborg later on on the show, just over an hour's time, talking about how climate plans, green plans, and he he's an envir- environmentalist. He will tell you, and you'll hear, you'll hear him say, that it affects the poor most negatively. I remind you again, Australia repealed its carbon tax, and quoting from environment.gov.au backslash climate change, Abolishing the carbon tax will lower costs for Australian businesses and ease cost-of-living pressure for households. They had over a 1,000 pages of legislation for their national carbon tax before they repealed it in, in Australia. We're going to have ours. And then there's the poll. I'll go back to your calls in a second. Then there's the poll that asked Canadians this, and I'm paraphrasing. Would you support a pipeline if a carbon tax were introduced at the same time? And a majority of people said yes. 
But what do the two have in common? Why do they need to be linked? Premier Wall didn't see a need for that either. The pipelines are good for the Canadian economy. The carbon tax, we, we don't know because there's no economic impact assessment done by the Prime Minister's office or by the Government of Canada. We just don't know. We do know that there's a tremendous amount of protesting of pipelines, but we know that there's nobody protesting in Montreal Harbor as Saudi oil gets offloaded from tankers that have come from the Middle East. Byron sends an email to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. And carbon tax, proof of efficacy of the program. We don't know the risk or the reward. Scary that our government can make such uninformed policy decisions. This is not responsible government, signed beyond disheartened. It's not responsible government. And it's just not a country, to quote Prime Minister, Prime Minister, that's the way I'd like it to be, Premier Wall, in the manner that it was introduced. It's not a country. You don't have somebody just stand up and arbitrarily decide, while the environment ministers for the provinces and the federal environment minister are in meetings about exactly this sort of thing, have the prime minister jump up and say, oh, by the way, Adam's in Toronto. Adam, thank you for the call, sir. Go ahead, please. Hey, Roy. I don't, I don't, I, I kind of agree with what everyone's saying. I'm just going to play the devil's advocate for a second. You're saying that we kind of know it's going to affect those who are the most poor, and we, I think he would say if other parts of the world have, have, have done this, both successfully and unsuccessfully, maybe there's no point in spending all this money on a study that I also believe no one's going to fundamentally agree, agree upon, the idea that everyone's going to come together around one or two studies that won't take millions of dollars in many years, maybe just leave from the front and take a risk. I don't well, know well, enough. Well, where has, it been done, where has it been done successfully, Adam? Well, I, honestly, Roy, I really, I really don't know enough about this. Like, I, I don't know. If, and obviously, if, a, if a national, no, I understand Australia. you're playing devil's advocate, but if a national tax is going to be introduced, and the argument is that it's for the betterment of the country, the betterment of the environment, that it's going to create hundreds of thousands of jobs, that's what Trudeau said, shouldn't there be some sort of assessment done, something to back up what he said and what he's what he's repeatedly said? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think there should. I think there should be. I voted for him. I do have some bias and morse over a few things. You know, that being said, this is not. If he does go ahead and try to force something through, I don't have a big problem with that. And if it affects people the most bottom, maybe that's to his reckoning. You know. But well, I you'll hear Bjorn Lomborg. Here's what I'd like you to do: if you just Google how green policies hurt the poor, just Google that. How green policies hurt the poor. You'll find I a will. column. I'm, 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 okay, all right. I, you're in your car. I thank you for the call. How Green Policies Hurt the Poor by Bjorn Lomborg. And it was in the uh, spectator.co.uk. And it has to do with the uh, electricity pricing in, uh, and electricity use in the UK. There's another beauty. And you heard our conversations about what's going on in Ontario with electricity pricing. Britain's environmentalists proudly announced that households have reduced their electricity consumption by almost 10% since 2005. They seldom mention that this is helped by a 50% increase in electricity prices. You heard Francesca Dobbin yesterday from the United Way, the executive director from Bruce Gray County in Ontario. 
talking about how concerned she is that people may die because they can't afford to pay for their fuel to heat their homes. But we're going to have a national carbon tax. But how how's it going to help us? We don't know. Uh, Brian in Owen Sound. Brian, I feel like I'm going around and around and around and around. Well, you probably are, Roy. Uh, the thing is, the reason they don't want to have a uh, uh, um, an assessment is because they already knew know what the assessment will show. That just like you said, it's going to hurt the poor, not only the poor but the middle class. I'm a small contractor. And I know all kinds of little contractors that are just closing up business because they're already taxed and regulated to death, and this is just going to be another thing. And one last thing. Go to the United Nations website, which is bonafide, and the, and the Canadian government website, and look up Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. This will tell you the whole tale of what's going on now. Thank you, Roy. I will. I will. Thank you for the call. I was going to ask you uh, what your electricity costs are because we know that uh, businesses are either reducing their floor space, as we heard from the uh, grocery store in Echo Lake, Ontario, where the hydro bill's gone from 2000 to $6,000 a month. So they've reduced their floor space from 5,000 square feet to what essentially is a corner store because they can't afford it. And don't say it's because their refrigeration equipment or any of their electrical equipment is outmoded and is using too much energy. It isn't. The owner of the store told us that they uh, upgraded and updated everything quite recently, and the prices just continue continue to soar upward to the point that they can't have. But the, the area doesn't have, no longer has a full-service grocery store. Bill is in Edmonton. Hey, Bill. Hi, Roy. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. You know, I, I can't uh, understand why people just aren't flocking and, 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 and donating memberships to the Taxpayers Federation of Canada and provinces. This is just another Machiavellian liberal scheme by my prime minister and his despicable buddy, Gerald Butts, putting us all in the poorhouse. They keep disrupting the growth of our country, and it just starts to really pee me off. I've been following this for years now. You follow the money, you follow the contacts, and it's just incredible, the dissemination. I mean, so now we've seen Ontario fail with their green policy, and now he wants to implement it on the rest of the country. Why can't Canadians just wake up, tell their MLAs... Not paying attention. Not paying attention. I, I guess so. Not paying I attention, Bill. And Hollywood and, and, and your vehicles, and, and I'm a gearhead. I'm a car enthusiast, you know, and I love sports, and I love entertainment, but... Why is the big distraction? And the left-wing media, I mean, it's just incredible. And we're paying for this Middle Eastern oil. Like, look, yes, sir. I yes, can't sir. get it. I just don't get it. Right. You, have the oil in the, you have the oil available from Alberta. Yeah. And Alberta has underwritten transfer payments to other provinces for decades. Yes. So the oil is available. The world needs oh. oil. The best way to get it from Alberta to... Uh, export points is by way of pipeline. It's also the safest way. Far safer than rail, far safer than any other methodology that you can think of, including... We live on a carbon planet, Roy. I don't get it. There's ways of controlling carbon. We've already invented several ways, thanks to our million engineers. Without sounding like a conspiracy nut, there is an agenda at play. There is an agenda at play. 
because there are no protests in Montreal as the Saudi oil has offloaded tankers from tankers. Absolutely. Right? But there are immediate protests about any state-of-the-art pipeline going from Alberta to Montreal or through Montreal to New Brunswick. Now, why is that? Why are we going to have a carbon tax? Why are we going to have a carbon tax without even the most fundamental thing being done, and that is a an economic impact assessment? And when you said Mr. Butts, Mr. Butts was the advisor to two successive Ontario premiers, Premier McGuinty, Premier Wynne. Mm-hmm. He's now transferred his attention to the Prime Minister of Canada, and it'll be with the same results, I suspect. Uh, thank you for the call, sir. Thank you very much, Bill. All the best to all of us. Thank you. Bill in Edmonton.